Well, a new report out this week shows that the federal government now stands to lose money from its investment in the Trans Mountain Pipeline. The analysis is by the Parliamentary Budget Officer. It shows the net present value of the pipeline is negative $600 million, leaving it worth about $1.2 billion less than the PBO's last estimate in December 2020. You'll remember uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline was bought by the federal government for about $4.5 billion in 2018 after the previous owner, Kinder Morgan, threatened to scrap the pipeline's planned expansion project in the face of environmentalist opposition. Well, the existing 1,150-kilometer pipeline carries about 300,000 barrels of oil a day and is Canada's only pipeline moving oil from Alberta to the West Coast. Its expansion is really a twinning of the existing pipeline and would raise daily output to about 890,000 barrels per day. So the new financial analysis takes into account new developments, such as the budget overruns disclosed in February that peg the current costs of the expansion at $21.4 billion, a 70% increase from an earlier estimate of $12.6 billion. Well, to clear this all up and explain, joining me now is the Parliamentary Budget Officer, Yves Giroux. Thank you for your time tonight. My pleasure. So what were you tasked, what was your office tasked with doing? You were really trying to get uh, a handle on uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion project. What were you specifically looking into? So we looked at the uh, profitability of the, the the pipeline. So we started looking at the project when the government initially purchased the pipeline. And I think it's in 2019, maybe even 2018. And the government bought the pipeline and the right to its expansion uh, at that time for $4.5 billion. And then it got the necessary authorizations to expand the pipeline, started work on it with uh, construction costs initially tagged at a few billion dollars. They were subsequently revised up to $12 billion and recently revised again to $21 billion. So initially, when the government bought the pipeline, we looked at whether it made sense from purely an economic perspective, from a financial perspective, rather, uh, because at the time, the government was heavily criticized for buying a pipeline. Um, allegedly, that was going against its green credentials. But the government said at the time, we will reinvest all of the profits into green initiatives. So the question rose, will that generate any profits? And we found that it was barely profitable. With the construction costs for the expansion, we revised our estimates. And very recently, we uh, well, earlier this week, we uh, revised the estimates to look at the impact of the increased construction costs and whether the pipeline would be profitable under this new, this, new, this new data that came to light. And we found that it's unlikely to be turning a profit when considering both the acquisition and construction costs and the expected stream of revenues over the next 40 years under a series of assumptions, which doesn't mean necessarily that when the government decides to finally sell the pipeline and its expansion, it won't get more than it paid for. It could well be that a private sector entity decides to uh, pay slightly more than the government paid for the acquisition and construction costs. But based on our assumptions, we think it's unlikely to be the case. How much are we talking about here? What is the difference between those original estimates and what you've now come up with? So we estimate that there's about a $600 million gap between the construction costs and acquisition costs and the net present value of all these future revenues. So uh, it's likely to be uh, a loss overall, 
of about $0.6 billion. But that assumes that the in-service date is as scheduled by the end of 2023, that construction costs do not continue to go up, and that the pipeline utilization rate is as per the assumptions that uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline Corporation has established. So if any of these parameters were to change, the profitability could go down or, or up if, for example, we find that in the end, construction costs ended up being lower than the $21 billion, which unfortunately is not very likely given the history so I far. Gonna, I was going to say a past is prologue, at least for those first two elements, it looks like uh you know, those have been, that is what is driving up the cost of this project, right? The the construction costs and the delays. Exactly. So if the past is any indication of the future, it's unlikely that we'll see construction costs going down. Uh, but you never know, there could be something, a breakthrough that makes it possible, or an in-service date that is uh, advanced. Um, who knows? Uh, but we're not making any of these heroic assumptions. In our report, we lay out the impacts of a delay in in in-service date or um, the impact of further increases in construction costs or a decrease, and same with pipeline utilization rates up or down, and and we see that uh, it has an impact, a material impact on the potential value of the overall operation. You also looked at what it might cost to halt the operation. What would that look like? Exactly. So when we last looked at the report, there were many stakeholders who said, well, it's going to cost so much more than we expected to to build the expansion. The government might as well stop pouring money into it. And if the government did that, uh, we found that it would have to write off immediately about $14 billion if it were to stop the construction of the expansion right now. So it would be a net loss of $14 billion at least, as opposed to just the $0.6 billion if it continues to, with the expansion, because then the only revenues that would accrue would be the revenues that are currently flowing into the coffers of the corporation that that holds the asset for the existing part of the pipeline and none of the revenues expected from the expansion of the pipeline but the construction costs have already been have already been sorry incurred so these would be sunk costs so that's why um, stopping construction right now would mean $14 billion that have been spent would be wasted, but none of the revenues accruing from the expansion would be generated. What happens to your report now? Just so listeners know what happens to a parliamentary budget officer report. Uh, what, 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 who takes it into consideration and, and who gets to, uh, and, and where does it go? Well, it goes to, um, to the public, it goes to parliamentarians, and then parliamentarians can decide to question the government based on on the conclusions in our report. They can decide to have a debate. Uh, The government itself can decide to tweak a bit the construction or its expectations when it comes to selling the asset. Um, So it's now in the hands of parliamentarians and and the general public to decide what to do, if anything, with this report. The purpose of these reports is to inform parliamentary debates so that parliamentarians from all parties have independent and nonpartisan information that they can use to question the government and tweak or amend policies as they see fit. 
So in a nutshell, it is not, um, you know, right now the amount of money being paid to build the expansion continues to grow and that makes it uh, an unprofitable, uh, perhaps, uh, project, but at the same time to scrap it would be very expensive. Yes. Uh, I should also add that what's not in the report is the fact that there are benefits that will accrue to the Canadian economy. For example, when Western Canadian Select sells at a discount, that's a loss to the economy. So if the construction of the pipeline ensures that Canadian oil can sell at a better price on the market, these are tremendous benefits for the Canadian economy. And not factored into that report, obviously. No, we looked only at the financials of the pipeline itself. Yves Giroux, thank you so much for your time and for, uh, for going over the report with me. A pleasure.